0: Um, I'm excited to uh, continue on in this sermon series, Through the Fruits of the Spirit. And we are continuing on with love this morning. Pastor Dirk began the series last week, and we are continuing on. And as we get started today, I want to start with a passage of Scripture that is hardly ever talked about. Hardly anybody knows. Very obscure. It's written by a guy named John. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 16, and and I just happen to have it memorized, that's why I'm up here preaching, obviously, you know, yeah, kidding. Uh, But John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Sometimes this verse, I think, becomes so familiar. It's been so used and so familiar that God forgive us for this, but it can almost become a little bit cliche. Maybe it's our sinful nature. Maybe it's just that our attention spans aren't that good. But I want you to think about that for a second. That first statement. For God so loved the world the world think about the world for a second i mean atrocities happen across our globe i mean uh, people uh, kill one another uh, commit h- horrible acts of genocide around our globe people people just are the worst <laughs> In many ways, this sinful, broken world, and when they're not coming up with a million reasons to disobey God, they're coming up with a million reasons not to even acknowledge that He exists. They deny His very existence. Imagine you had a friend, and and this friend was madly in love, head over heels uh, for someone, and, and this person that they love only ever thinks of themselves. Only ever think of themselves and, and, and what they want and what they need. And, and, and when they even deign to interact with your friend, it's, it's for their own selfish interests. And the rest of the time, they're pretending like they're not even there. They pretend like they don't even exist. I mean, what would you tell that friend? I mean, I would go to that friend and go, Why do you love this person? They're no good for you. Can't can you see that they're hurting you? And, and i got to be honest, when I read John 3.16, when I read this passage, I have this sudden urge to go, God, God, why? You love the world, like, can you see that this is hurting you? Like, you love the whole world, and you love it so much that you would give up your son based on whosoever? And wait, wait a second, God. Uh, You love the world, but doesn't that mean that you love those who will never love you? In fact, doesn't that mean that you love people who you know will never love you back? And will never even acknowledge that you exist? God loves people who will never love Him back. He loves people who He knows will never love Him back. He went through excruciating pain and torment for people who would never even acknowledge His existence. And by the way, He won't stop. He can't stop. You, like, you know that, right? He, he can't stop loving the world uh, be, and the whosovers because God doesn't do love. God doesn't have love. God is love. Now, love is not the thing that we worship. Not all love is God, and love is not the thing that we worship, but God is love, and He can no more deny Himself than He can stop loving humanity. John 3.16 doesn't just say that he kind of loves the world. It says he, he so loves the world. He is so in love with the world and the bad people of this world that, that he is, has and is and will prove it over and over and over again. Many people throughout history have thought that they can, can shake God off their, their trail, that they can just push him away. It is just, just stop. Just leave me alone. It's, you can't, it's hopeless. He will always be there, pursuing, loving, loving people who are unfaithful. 750 years before Jesus came, God's love, God's extraordinary, ridiculous, scandalous love shows up and is shown to us through a man by the name of Hosea. And Hosea is a prophet in the northern kingdom of Israel. He's, he's a seer. He's a holy man. And God gives him an assignment. Oftentimes, prophets in the Old Testament didn't just preach their prophecies. They didn't just write their prophecies. They actually lived out their prophecies. Their life became their prophecy. And Hosea is one of those. And God gives him, in my opinion, one of the most daunting, one of the craziest, most intimidating assignments that I've read of any prophet in the Old Testament. And in many ways, it was humiliating. God comes to Hosea and He says, okay, okay, Hosea, here's your assignment. Here's your mission. I want you to go. I want you to take prostitute, and I want you to marry her. What was that conversation like? God, really? You, you, you want me to do what, what now? I, 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 don't, I don't know about you, but if I had been given that, I would have questioned that a lot. I would have been very confused. In fact, I might have even been skeptical if this was God or if this was Satan telling me to do this. I don't know how I would have reacted. I don't know that my faith would have been a, strong enough to, to acknowledge that, that and to follow through. But, and we don't even see in Scripture that there's an explanation given. We, we don't see that. Maybe, maybe there was, but we, we certainly don't read that. But Hosea goes, and he takes Gomer, his prostitute, to be his wife. And things seem to go pretty well. At first, they have three children. And, and actually, I'm sure uh, sometimes we, we like to take these figures in Scripture and, and we, we don't imagine them as having real lives. I mean, uh, Hosea had parents. What were they thinking? Yep. Hosea, um, are you sure about this? Are you sure this is wise? Uh, probably he had friends. Maybe, I wonder if they had an intervention for him at some point. Going, Hosea, I know you say that God told you to do this, but I don't know. It seems like a really bad idea. But for, for a while, things seem to go pretty well. They have three children. So at least a few years go by and 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 they name them Jezreel, meaning God scatters, Lo Ruhamah, meaning not love, Loami, meaning not my people. And what's interesting here is the name Hosea, it actually means salvation. Name translated means salvation. So you have a beautiful story of redemption, where uh, this this picture of Hosea offering salvation to a, a woman who should have received judgment, who and who certainly doesn't know what it's like to be loved, and who uh, probably most certainly does not feel like one of God's people. It's an amazingly scandalous story. And, and in my mind, I, I, we get here and I go, this should be the end of the story, right? This beautiful story of redemption for Gomer and Hosea was faithful to what God called him to do and, and they blessed, God blessed him with three children. This should be the end. Happily ever after. Somewhere along the way, Hosea wakes up one morning and reaches over, and and Gomer's not in bed next to him. Gets up and looks around and checks the kids' rooms. She's not there. Checks the kitchen, not there either. Looks in the backyard. Not anywhere. Maybe he goes next door to the neighbors. Have you, have you seen Gomer this morning? I, I haven't seen her. No, sorry. Maybe he calls up his friends, his parents. Have, have, you, have you seen Gomer? Have you seen my wife? She's, she's gone. Here Hosea finds himself. He's a single dad. Three kids. And he's, he's one of the most famous people in, in the northern kingdom of Israel at this point. The embarrassment is going to be public. Gomer walked out on the one who loved her, who valued her, who provided her this redemption. She walked out on the one who showed her undeserving, irrational, even scandalous love. And then as we read on, we find out that Gomer has gone back to prostitution. Hosea had faithfully followed God's will for him to marry this woman, and now he's alone. And if you're anything like me, I mean, you're, you're angry with God here. You go, why? He did what you asked him to do. He did a thing that hardly anyone would have done. He trusted you, and this is what happens. And then God comes to Hosea. And I, we don't know how long has gone by. Uh, the Scripture doesn't tell us how much time. I imagine that there were a lot, a lot of dark, sleepless nights for Hosea. God comes to Hosea again and says, okay, Hosea, here's what, you're, what you need to do. Here's what you've got to do. I want you to go find Gomer. I want you to marry her again. What? Again? Yep. Go find her. And that's where we pick up in our text this morning, Hosea chapter 3. And the Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. In other words, they love the things of this world. They are enamored by the things of this world. So Hosea gets his task to go search for his wife. What's that search like? He's got to go looking for his own wife where godly men should not be. I mean, Hosea is a famous person. He's a holy man. He is a prophet. And he's going looking for his wife who has returned to prostitution. So what does that mean? That means he's going down to the hotels and the motels on Aurora Avenue in Seattle. He's going to the red light district, searching the brothels. The Bible doesn't say how long he was looking. I doubt he found her right away. I wonder if he had to talk to people in that line of work, if you know what I mean. Have you seen my wife? Have you seen Gomer? Your wife? Yeah, yeah. have you seen her? I, I haven't seen her in a while. I, I'm, I'm looking for her. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen her in a while. Sorry. I wonder if he had to talk to some guys who are hanging around these places. Have you seen my wife? Have you seen Gomer? Oh, hey, man, I, I, I didn't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't know she was still your girl. I, I saw her a couple days ago. I'm just looking for her. Do you know where she is? Yeah, she was a couple streets down last time I saw her. He finally walks up, and Gomer is on the selling block. Being sold as a sex slave, and what some scholars even believe is that he walked in on an auction. He walked in on an auction for his wife, and those selling her, they don't care. They don't care what his relationship to Gomer is. The price is the price. She's held in the grips of slavery caused by her own decisions. She never had to end up here, but she did, and she is a slave her own making. Think about Gomer here. She watches her husband walk in. She knows he shouldn't be down here. She knows this is not the place for him to be. I wonder if she hung her head. She probably never imagined that he would come down here. I wonder if she's ashamed being exposed in this way, lost, broken. And Hosea goes, I'll pay it. I'll pay the price, whatever it is, I'll pay for it. Wait a second, Hosea. She's, she's already yours. I know, but I'll pay it. Scripture says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and yet God said that while we were still yet sinners, Christ came and He died for us. He had nails put in His hands and in His feet. He had a spear shoved into His side, a crown of thorns shoved down on His head. He had His body broken on a cross for you. Humanity is the unique possession of its Creator and yet He paid a price to buy you back. Just in case you didn't know, you were already His. And in today's society where the concept of love has become so distorted, so uh, perverted, that we now believe throughout all the world that, that love is about self and love is about things and love can be purchased and, and, and found in inanimate objects. and This is not love, but God says, I will demonstrate my love to my people. I will demonstrate myself because I am love. I will demonstrate that to my people and I will purchase my bride back to myself. How many times have I prostituted myself to the things of this world? How many times have I sold out for other things, committed adultery against the God that loves me more than anyone else ever could? How many times? I'm Gomer. And I need my Hosea. I need my salvation. And after Hosea buys back his bride, the Spirit fills him. And he begins to prophesy about days that are to come. He says, For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. And afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. Now when Hosea says David, He's not talking about King David from the Old Testament. He's using the name David because he has yet to know the name Jesus. But David is a messianic prophecy here because they will call Jesus the son of David. So when he says David, he's speaking of the days of Jesus. There will be a king, and there will be in that day, he says, they shall come in fear to the Lord and to His goodness in those days. And those are not the days of Hosea. The people of Israel lived in terror of the Lord and of his wrath and his judgment. But Hosea stands having just purchased back his prostitute wife. And he prophesies about a new day, a new era, a new covenant between God and his people. Well, there will be a messianic king. And when that happens, the people will be in awe of his goodness. They will be in awe of His goodness. And it is His goodness that leads people to change. Who's Who's Hosea? That's God. Salvation. Who's Gomer? Me. You. He won't stop. He'll search the most dark, detestable, Messy places of this planet to find you. To pay the price for you. Who's Gomer? Me. Jesus is my Hosea. He says so, by the way. Jesus says so. Matthew chapter 9, when He eats and drinks with the tax collectors and the sinners. And the Pharisees come and question Him about this, and He he quotes Hosea to them. He says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Go and learn what this means. That's straight up Hosea Hosea 6. He didn't come for those who think themselves to be righteous, but for those who know that they are lost and they are desperate. What's he saying here? He's saying, I am your Hosea. I am your salvation. And I will go and I will look for my gomers and I will pay for them. I'll pay it. Whatever the cost. you know, it's not clean. It's not pretty when you have to go and save gomers. It's going to get messy. This love is messy because it's a love for the unfaithful. It's a love that doesn't make human or rational sense, but when you let that message sink in, when you let this gospel truth soften your heart, it's, it's going to change everything. It wrecks your plans. You may have your whole life planned out, but God's going to come along and shake that up. Because when you realize that you're Gomer, you also realize that there are so many other Gomers out there that need this redemption, that need this love. So many souls on the selling block of humanity, of the world, being sold in slavery, and God is working, He is pursuing, and He's going to use you because when you realize that you're Gomer and that Jesus is your Hosea, He's going to use you to tell so many other Gomers. God so loved us, we also ought to love one another, right? You cannot, when you realize that you're Gomer, and what your Hosea has done for you, you, and you are in complete and total reliance on him, and you've accepted that you are loved and you are forgiven, all of a sudden something happens where you realize you have to let more Gomers know, and, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to let them know. I'm going to go and I'm going to tell them that they have been purchased back from the bonds of slavery. So here's the question. Would you go looking for gomers if he asked you? Would you go? We live in such an amazing time, an amazing place, church. The church has been financed. We have been resourced. We have been empowered around the globe. And we have such an opportunity to reach so many gomers. Are you ready? Are you ready, church? God's going to use you. God has so loved us, so we also ought to love one another. And in these days, these are the days, because we live in this new prophecy, this new era, this new covenant, these are the days where we will be in awe of His goodness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank You for this scandalous love that You show to us. Lord, we are unfaithful. We return to the things of this world, and yet we know that You are merciful and that You love those who are unfaithful. God, we ask Your forgiveness. And we ask that You would use us to reach so many other gomers in the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen.